0: Good evening. New York gets a new school's chancellor. Tish James drops out. Biden and democracy and a roadmap to justice reform in Albany. With these and other stories, I'm Paul Durienzo with the WBAI News for Thursday, December 9th, 2021. In breaking political news, State Attorney General Tish James has abruptly ended her campaign to be the first black woman governor of New York, saying she'll run for another term as attorney general in 2022. In a statement today, she said, I've come to the conclusion that I must continue my work as attorney general, adding there are a number of important investigations and cases that are underway and I intend to finish the job. Earlier today, James's office announced it would subpoena former President Donald Trump in a civil fraud investigation that could lead to more lawsuits, but not criminal charges. The attorney general is also participating in a criminal investigation with outgoing Manhattan DA Cyrus Vance Jr. into Trump's business practices, including charges the Trump organization fraudulently turned over false property values to potential lenders. A recent poll shows Hochul leading James by two to one. Another progressive black candidate, city public advocate, Jomani Williams, had nine percent the elephant is disgraced former governor andrew cuomo who resigned under allegations of sexual harassment of women earlier this year the poll showed him with about 15 percent of the vote james was apparently lackadaisical about her campaign with a sparsely worded website and a handful of public appearances while governor Hochul is the uh, in the public eye almost every other day representative tom Swosey of long island is in the race and mayor bill de blasio is expected to throw his hat into the ring pretty soon And in more news from City Hall, Mayor-elect Eric Adams announced that longtime educator David Banks will serve as New York City Schools Chancellor when Adams takes office next month. Adams appeared with Banks on Thursday at P.S. 161, the Brooklyn Elementary School in Crown Heights, which Banks attended. Linda Perry reports.
1: In announcing his pick for school's chancellor, Mayor-elect Eric Adams selected a trusted friend and experienced educator, former teacher and principal David Banks, who founded the Eagle Academy for Young Men, a public school in the Bronx in 2004 that expanded to six public schools by 2014. They are together on the need for a whole child approach, which engages community members. Adams painted the reality for many students today, isolation, uncertainty and undiagnosed and untreated learning disabilities throughout the top-down system, which isn't meeting children's educational or developmental needs. Our
2: babies were traumatized, school buildings closed. The uncertainty, the most important part of their development and their skills just turned overnight. Suicides and attempted suicide rates have increased. They were living in a state of despair, no one seemed to care. COVID disrupted their lives. Many of our babies are not going to school because they don't have clean clothing. So why can't we put washing machines in these schools? of our babies can't read because they don't have eyeglasses. Why can't we give free eyeglasses to our children? <laughs> Many of these babies are dealing with housing issues. Over 100,000 children are living in shelter. Why can't we have someone on the ground helping our parents with the housing issues that they're, they're dealing with? We have to develop the entire child, not just one child. Maybe Johnny can't read because Johnny did not have a meal the day before. Or Johnny's dealing with a domestic violent incident. Maybe Johnny's not in school because Johnny cannot get to school safely because their mother or father don't have the child care services that they
1: need. And Adam says we have to be nutritionally sound. And he says he'll appoint a health commissioner who will work on this with the new school's chair. Why the same high crime areas, you have the same junk
2: food being fed in the communities? Why do we have food that feeds our chronic diseases served in our schools and no one is
1: connecting that? According to Adams, what's needed is to develop the whole child, that we need a visionary, that Banks is this visionary. Let me tell you what I know. David Banks has worked in the school system for over 30 years. I know that every young person who attends our schools
3: across the city is filled with brilliance, potential, promise, and gifts. And I also know something else, that they exist in a school system which is fundamentally flawed.
2: That's right, brother.
3: I'm not talking about the teachers. That's right. I'm not talking about the principals. I'm talking about the very architecture of the way that we do school in the first place. Mm
1: Banks says he has talked with students and teachers, principals, and community members across the city who are frustrated that you can't reform the school system from the top down. It has to be from the bottom up. And so for all of the teachers Mm -hmm. who work
3: not only at PS161, but in every school around New York City, change is coming want you to know that i see you
2: mm, that's right brother and
3: i respect you. Thank you and we don't lift our teachers up we don't celebrate our teachers we just constantly beat them down in the middle of a pandemic when we say we need to go back to a new normal we need to do things differently but we we are in a quick run to try to take it back to the way it always was yep. that's right because it's it's what we know
1: Banks says he's trying to bring a new vision and that they are going to give it all they have. Mayor-elect Adams says he knows there will be criticism, that there will be pushback in this bureaucracy of professional dividers and professional naysayers. He says, we know it's going to be difficult, but we have a full understanding of the scope of what's needed to turn around the nation's largest school system. Given four years, he says, to show that his plan will work, that it will improve the educational system and the city as a whole. Linda Perry, WBAI News, New York. Thanks, Linda. And Starbucks
0: workers in Buffalo will become the first to unionize for any Starbucks-owned stores in the United States, pending certification of the results by the National Labor Relations Board. The vote is still being counted for two other stores. The Buffalo store cited 19... uh, was the Buffalo vote? Uh, the vote in the, for the Buffalo store was uh, 19 to 8 in favor of the union. Starbucks has actively fought unionization at its stores for decades, but the workers appeared to have spoken and will be represented by Workers United, an affiliate of the Service Employees International mm-hmm. Union. And the woman who was riding with Dante Wright when he was pulled over by police testified today about the chaos right after an officer shot him, saying she screamed at Wright trying to get a response, but that he wasn't answering me and he was just gasping. I grabbed, like, whatever was in the car. I don't remember if it was a sweater or a towel or a blanket or something and put it on his chest, like, you know, you see in movies and TV shows. That was according to Elena Albrecht Payton, who was Wright's girlfriend. She testified. I didn't know what to do. Kim Potter, 49, is charged with first-degree and second-degree manslaughter and writes April 11th death in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. The white former officer, she resigned two days after the shooting, has said she meant to use her taser on the 20-year-old right, who was black, after he attempted to drive away from a traffic stop as officers tried to arrest him, but that she grabbed her handgun. Instead, the stop was prompted by a... Um, uh, something hanging from the rear view mirror of the car, a uh, one of those little things that you use to uh, improve the scent of your car, and that is apparently illegal in Minnesota. Today, state legislators joined more than 120 advocacy groups to unveil the Justice Roadmap 2022, a legislative agenda to address the harms of the criminal, legal, and immigration systems. The list of 25 laws being considered in the state Senate and Assembly fit into five groupings. If all were enacted, they would represent the greatest overhaul of criminal justice in New York, in New York State, in decades. Among the proposals, Ending Qualified Immunity, That gives police officers the benefit of the doubt in shootings and other altercations with the public, decriminalizing all drugs, requiring mental health workers respond to emotionally disturbed persons instead of cops, make it easier to get out on parole, equitable treatment for transgender people, and an end to predatory court fees and immigration bonds. Tiana Taylor is an organizer for RAP, Release Aging People from Prison, that advocates for people who long ago turned over a new leaf in their lives and deserve release. She spoke of her father still in prison after decades.
4: Crime has been truly devastating for so many people in our community at large. One thing I can say and that I know for sure is my father is not just his crime. While he's been inside, he's done things... Uh, To really make himself the best person he can be, like seeking therapeutic programming, taking parenting classes with the Osborne Association, and completing and facilitating victim awareness classes. My father has also gotten a degree while inside and is currently working on another through the Bard Prison Initiative. Despite everything I just mentioned, when my father goes before the parole board in just a few years, I highly doubt that he will be released. Um, Instead, he's more likely to be denied for the nature of his crime. That's statistically most people with violent crimes are denied by the parole board. And so I'm here calling on the legislature to pass so many initiatives that are on the Justice Roadmap, like the Eliminate Mandatory Minimums Act, the Second Look Act, the Earn Time Act, the Fair and Timely Parole Bill, the Elder Parole Bill, and the Clean Slate Act, as well as all of the bills on the Justice Roadmap. Together these bills would give people in prison, like my father, hope, uh, as well as families of our incarcerated loved ones. It would give us hope. It would give individuals meaningful opportunities for release based on who they are today and what they've done to change. Bills like the Fair and Timely Parole Bill, the Second Look Bill, and the Elder Parole Bill will really create meaningful opportunities as well as uh, really giving incarcerated people enough years to actually live a rich and full life once they're released.
0: Keanu Taylor is an organizer for RAP, Release Aging People from Prison. An organizer for the Campaign for Alternatives to Isolated Confinement in Western New York State is Jerome Wright, who spent 30 years in prison. He says it's time to let them go. Now, I don't know her father, but I am her father. I am somebody who spent
3: decades behind bars, and decades on parole, and have been, I like to think, an asset to the community. But it's people like her father who helped me to become the man that I am today, the community member that I am today, and I am the representative for all of them. These are the men and women our community need. We don't just want them home. We need them home. Bring them home. You want to stop the violence in the street, bring them home. You want to help families get back together and flourish, bring them home. You want to to end the
0: inequity and the injustice that's been plaguing us for so long, bring them home. Jerome Wright, who spent 30 years in prison, his group opposes the use of solitary confinement in New York jails. A mother, Peggy Herrera, was herself arrested in 2019 after she called 911 to request help for her son, Justin. She said when she refused to let the cops in, they busted her. She says the city must remove police from mental health response.
5: Growing up in Jamaica, Queens, over-policing has been a constant reality of my son's life. This led to him being put in, pro- in probation, on probation. One day when he was, again, targeted by police for an unnecessary traffic stop, he ended up in jail. I could not find him for three days. When I finally found him,
6: and I it mm-hmm. when I want
5: to. he had been on BCBC, also okay. known as the boat. This always moves me, I'm sorry sleeping in the bullpens with roaches climbing on him no bed no bath no phone call i remember his words to me all i had was a small window i had no one to talk to and you weren't there as a mother that gives me everything i need to lift my voice today and fight for all of our children the court system has caused us financial hardship the community Court fees and bail payments now total over $12,000. I have gone into credit card debt. I work overtime and take on extra jobs when I can. My COVID stimulus check from the federal government went straight to the New York court system. In March 2020, my charges were dropped. but My family remains criminalized through this unforgiving cycle of debt.
0: Peggy Herrera, who was herself arrested in 2019 after she called 9-11 to request help for her son, Justin. She's calling for an end to using cops to respond to people having a mental health crisis. A professor of criminal justice at John Jay College is Dr. Kimura. She's worked for decades in prisons, and she studies. her studies have been published worldwide. She says the justice roadmap is a great idea, but it depends on how it's implemented.
7: Sounds good, and it is good. But I think that there are three things we need to keep in mind to make sure it happens correctly on all fronts. And the first is leadership. We need leadership in this state. We need leadership in this country and in this world to come together to understand that we need to have people in charge who are competent. I'll give you an example of where it it did not work. You know, and we're dealing with Rikers and all the problems there. And I've worked at Rikers. I did a four-year project there, as you know, from 2012 to 2016. It wasn't real clear what the leadership was at the time. And so as a result, people were victimized on both sides of the fence, staff as well as people who are incarcerated. So it's really important that people develop really dynamic leadership styles so that people are treating each other with respect and work gets done efficiently and people are on the same page. Because undoubtedly, not everybody's going to agree with all this stuff. They're going to view places where people can get clean needles as, oh, well, I guess everybody gets to have drugs now. They don't understand if they haven't looked at what's going on in Amsterdam, for example, and how it can actually lower drug use and lower the deaths of people involved in drugs. Secondly, I think it's really imperative that we emphasize education all the way across the board. If the people in prison and the people on the outside of prison are not educated properly, they're not going to get any better. And when they get out, they're still going to problems and we need these people to be reintegrated into society the second part of education is to make sure that the public is aware of what's going on and is with us on it because it's a community effort we're here to help people the third part is awareness as i call it which is distinctly different from education in that we just need the american public and the new york public to be behind all these changes because ultimately if we're aware we want crime to go down in fact i'd love it if we could make it disappear and of course that's not going to happen but we want to everybody would agree we want to diminish crime because we don't want people being hurt in any way so i think by and large we're on the right track but i would certainly keep in mind the three points i just mentioned leadership education and awareness
0: what do you think new york is going to be like without rikers island
7: well it could go in a great way or not a great way i have recommended to people in the past when we've been talking about closing rikers to ensure that one thing in particular happens and that is that if they're not going to have rikers around i get that that was a dilapidated energy and it was out of control on many levels that i think the the new york public understands but if we don't teach people who work in there like corrections officers to stop the violence that some not all have incurred on them it's just going to continue Now we'll have it in several places instead of one place. The other part is the people who are incarcerated also have to take the initiative to say, you know what, I'm not going to provoke people. I'm going to be educated. I'm going to sit in a classroom, a group, and I want to learn, and I'm going to treat everybody with dignity. And the staff need to do the same. In Norway, for example, the staff and the people in prison are put through the same trainings so that they all respect each other. It works beautifully. Is it perfect? No. But that's where we need to be. So if we're going to replace Rikers, we need to replace it with something that hasn't existed in New York State yet, which is a place of treatment and patience and education and dignity. That's what we need. To Everybody out there in WBAI land, let's just keep pushing for all this reformation and revolution that we need to change everything to actually build community. And let's bring everybody together and let's help each other.
0: Dr. Kamara is a professor of criminal justice at John Jay College. The bills in the justice roadmap for 2022 are strongly supported in the legislature. Their eventual passage may depend on who's elected governor of New York state. And you're listening to the news on WBAI New York. I'm Paul DiRienzo. On the world stage, Chief of the General Staff of the Armed Forces of Russia, Valery Gerasimov, said today the conflict in eastern Ukraine is getting worse, adding that any attempts by Ukraine to settle the war in the Donbass region by force will be thwarted.
7: 40
0: the Russian general charged that the United States is fueling the conflict by supplying Javelin anti-tank missiles to Ukraine's armed forces. He added Turkey was also providing combat drones to Kiev. Kiev Jurasimov pushed back against U.S. allegations Russia was planning to invade Ukraine. He called the media Democracy's reports... Hard hype and a lie, implying the United States was the aggressor and claiming there's been an increase in U.S. military flights near Russia's eastern borders. He also accused U.S. bomber crews of carrying out a simulated missile strike. A large-scale U.S.-led exercise, codenamed Defender Europe, was conducted near Russia's border this year. The exercise is now over, Jaroslav noted, uh, but he added that part of the U.S. military hardware from the exercise has not been pulled out of Europe to this day. And we have breaking news. A jury has found former Empire actor Jussie Smollett guilty of staging a racist homophobic attack in Chicago 2019 and lying to police about it. And we'll be uh, keeping tabs of that story in the days to come. In related news to the previous story, President Joe Biden expressed alarm at a backward slide of democracy around the globe today, calling on fellow world leaders to work with him to bolster democratic institutions as his administration grows increasingly concerned about China's and Russia's push for global influence. Democracies are not all the
2: same. We don't agree on everything, all of us in this meeting today. But the choices we make together are going to define, in my view, the course of our shared future for generations to come. So over the next two days, we're bringing together leaders from more than 100 governments alongside activists, trade unionists, and other members of civil society, leading experts and researchers and representatives from the business community, not to assert that any one of our democracies is perfect or has all the answers but to lock arms and reaffirm our shared commitment to make our democracies better, to share ideas and learn from each other, and to make concrete commitments of
0: how how to strengthen our own democracies and push back on authoritarianism. President Biden Biden's comments to more than 100 leaders at the White House's first virtual summit for democracy came as they pointed to a host of challenges confronting democracies. The president announced he was launching an initiative to spend up to four hundred and twenty four million dollars for programming around the world, supporting independent media, anti-corruption work and more. But the ambassadors to the U.S. from China and Russia weren't as happy about the whole thing. They wrote a joint essay describing the Biden administration as exhibiting a Cold War mentality that will stoke up ideological confrontation and a rift in the world. And in New York, a federal appeals court ruled today against an attempt by former President Donald Trump to shield – pardon mean, this is in Washington – against an attempt by former President Donald Trump to shield documents from the House committee investigating the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. In the 68-page ruling, the three-judge panel tossed aside Trump's various arguments for blocking, through executive privilege, records that the committee regards as vital to its investigation into the run-up to the deadly riot aimed at overturning the results of the 2020 20 presidential election an assault on democracy if i ever saw one judge patricia Millette, writing for the court said congress had uniquely vital interests in studying the events of january 6th and said president joe biden had made a careful reasoned determination that the documents were in the public interest and that executive privilege would therefore not be invoked trump also failed to show any harm that would occur from the release of the sought-after records and in COVID-19 news, US health US health authorities again expanded the nation's booster campaign today opening extra doses of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine to several million 16- and 17-year-olds. the About 200 million Americans are fully vaccinated, including 4.5 million 16- to 17-year-olds, many of whom got their first shots in the spring. The Omicron variant has health officials around the world worried, in part because so little is known of a bug just discovered by South African researchers. Dr. Maria Vankarcoff of the World Health Organization.
6: Things that we're really looking at right now is how Omicron will circulate in different populations. In South Africa, for example, um, they had just finished uh, a wave of infection uh, with Delta. And so transmission with Delta was at a very low level. They worked incredibly hard to bring that transmission under control and should be congratulated for that. And with the emergence of Omicron in the population where Delta was low circulating, where it was was not uh, circulating very much, Omicron really took off and it really is increasing uh, in transmission around the country. Now, what we have to look at is how Omicron will unfold in other countries, other populations that have Delta circulating at a high level and what will actually happen as Omicron, if you will, competes with Delta and whether or not we will see the same increased growth rate, the same increasing number of cases over time in different populations.
0: The WHO has said repeatedly it disagrees with Biden's plan to roll out millions of boosts, a third and maybe fourth shot of the COVID vaccine. They say international vaccine distributors like COVAX should be supported in vaccinating poor nations. Dr. Sumya Swamathian of the World Health Organization.
8: The benefits that we will get from getting, reaching those people who have not received primary courses of vaccination are going to be higher than giving additional doses to those who have already completed a primary course. And of course there are vulnerable uh, uh, groups and we've also uh, put out recommendations on where additional doses may need to be given, the immunocompromised and, and groups like that. But wholesale boosting is not the solution right now. It's reaching everyone and then doing all the other things as as we've been emphasizing in addition to the uh, vaccination
0: dr sumia swamanthian of the world health organization
8: in 2020,
0: India and South Africa proposed a three year waiver on international PACs that hinder the manufacture of vaccines in countries like theirs. The waivers intended to increase people's access to COVID 19 medical products. The United States and other powerful and rich nations and pharmaceutical companies based in them have opposed and prevented the waivers in the name of protecting intellectual property. Again, Dr. Swamathian. Dr. Sumya Swamathian of the World Health Organization.
8: They should be prioritizing COVAX. COVAX is the global mechanism for supply of vaccines to all countries, both the AMC countries that, that get the donor-funded doses, but also the self-paying, self-purchasing countries. We have not seen that happen. We've seen manufacturers uh, delayed their shipments to COVAX uh, while we know that they're supplying uh, other uh, buyers, countries. So um, and then finally, of course, we would very much like manufacturers to to have more enter into technology transfer arrangements, either bilateral voluntary technology transfer or work with uh, the WHO multilateral technology transfer hubs. Let's expand manufacturing capacity. Let's build and strengthen that capacity in parts of the world that currently do not. Um, have
0: it. Vaccine makers are racing to update their COVID-19 shots against the newest coronavirus threat, even before it's clear change is needed, just in case. It's too soon to know how vaccines will hold up against the Omicron. The first hints this week were mixed. Preliminary lab results suggest two Pfizer doses may not prevent an Omicron infection, but they could protect against severe illness, and a booster shot may rev up immunity enough to do both. And that's some of the news for Thursday, December 9th, 2021. The news with producer Linda Perry, our engineer is Reggie Johnson. From New York City, I'm Paul DiRienzo. Thanks for listening.